0: Welcome to another episode of the Credit Exchange by Medtronic. Please enjoy today's episode. And Mark, sometimes warfarin is referred to as as red poison. (laughs) Is that. that... Is that correct, or is it is it really uh, exaggerating a little bit this, the side effects of, of warfarin?
1: I think it's a drug that you should respect. I was working with one of the junior house officers this week, and they were asking me um, why or why I don't put a patient on guminum. And, and I really brought it to your attention that this is a drug that can hurt patients, and you should treat it with respect. So, so what
0: is the code age in your hospital, your recommendation for bioprosthetic versus mechanical isolated AVR? The width.
1: Yeah. I, I would say that's quite variable between surgeons. Still. Yeah,
0: but for for you, uh, what would you recommend a surgeon who is fifty five years of age?
1: I think still in the in the fifties, uh, the guidelines um, still recognize it as a gray zone. But um, if the patient doesn't wish to take Tumut in long term, I would offer them a bioprosthetic valve.
0: Right, Catherine, patient fifty five years. Great life expectancy, no comorbidities. Wants to live forever. Doesn't want to be reoperated. Would you still recommend a bioprosthetic heart valve, or would you then lean more towards a mechanical valve?
2: I'd still op- offer them a Ross at that age in my practice. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I generally tell patients over 60. Most people choose tissue. Under 50, most people choose mechanical. And 50 to 60 is kind of a gray zone. So it's really up to them. Do they not want to be on Coumadin, or do they want to avoid an operation? Um, you know, the newer data shows that there's a mortality benefit below 55 with the mechanical. So that's kind of a good Rubicon. But if they're not willing to take a blood thinner, I still try to discuss the Ross. Right. as well if yeah. they're below 55.
0: Juan, in case you have a patient who has a surgical bioprosthetic AVR and he's 65, two years later, he shows up with valve thrombosis, 67 now. What would you do? What would you So, you, you try anticoagulation, as Catherine pointed out in the, in the beginning of this, this episode, but now the valve thrombosis doesn't go away. There's still a gradient. Would you offer TAVR? Would you do
3: redo surgery?
0: What would, would be your preference? Well, it,
3: it depends on the physiological parameters and anatomical parameters. I mean, in terms of the physiological parameters, what the surgical risk of the patient is. And then, in the anatomic parameters in terms of the anatomy of the aortic root and whether he's a candidate or not for valve in valve, as well as the size of the bioprosthesis, where he's going to end up with a gradient or not. In our practice, a 65 year old, we are very aggressive on using mechanical valves for isolated aortic valve replacements. We offer our age studies 70 years old. Anybody younger than 70 years old in our practice gets a at least gets offered a, a mechanical valve. And a, our data shows that the long-term survival in even in patients 70 years old and the freedom from reoperation is better than without bioprosthesis. But in general, in a patient like this, again, somebody who... Who has a, a failed a bioprosthesis at 67 and probably has a 20-something years life expectancy will put a mechanical will reoperate and put a mechanical valve. Right, Mark, what would you, what you say?
1: And I think the patient that worries me even more than this patient is the one that gets a bioprosthetic at 55 and then gets a TAVR in the SAVR at uh, late 60s, early 70s, and and now comes back to you when they're 85 and what do you do with that patient? So we haven't seen that population, but I really worry that um, we're creating almost an insolvable situation
3: um, long-term by some of these um, shorter-term uh, strategies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, the, the, the lifetime management of patients uh, with the aortic valve disease, I don't think that we have completely solved, and but age is the most... Important determinant of the surgical risk. So the overall philosophy should be to do the higher risk operation or the higher risk procedure when the patient is younger. The outcomes of redo ABR on somebody when he is 65 are going to be much better than when somebody is 85 with a tower in place.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
0: So the, the risk of uh, which patient gets a TAVR has, co- has come down in the last couple of years, but still, I would say a lot of patients who are 60, 65, 55, they still get surgery. Is, is that correct, Catherine? Is that the practice?
2: That's definitely our practice. The the current guidelines still recommend SAVR for below 65 and TAVR above 80 and then 65 to 80 is shared decision-making. So that's generally what what we follow. you know, If someone comes in in their early 60s and demands a TAVR, we, we push back pretty strongly against that. And I agree if it's reasonable to consider a mechanical valve in, in those patients too. I, I think you shouldn't have a SAVR versus TAVR. You should have a mechanical versus bioprosthetic. And then once they're chosen bioprosthetic, then you talk SAVR versus TAVR because it's kind of a different decision tree to go down.
0: Yeah. What does a 70-year-old get?s What would you recommend? If they definitely. say, well, we I don't probably,
2: know, yeah. I mean, definitely a bioprosthetic in our practice. We're not quite up to the 70s. Um, and then saver-taver, we would go based on not only their STS risk profile, but really look at the anatomy of the root. You know, if if they have a huge valve and a big root and they're going to be easy to, to tab and tap later than we do it. But if they have a, if you know that they have a low coronary um, and a small root and you're not going to be able to do a tab and tab later, then you have to do something at that index operation to make it possible. So I think definitely doing the anatomy first approach for the lifetime management is important. And like you said, if they have like a 19 annulus, you know, and they're a big person, it's reasonable to consider mechanical because you know, you're not going to be ever valve and valving again.
0: Yeah. And Mark, a lot of these younger patients have bicuspid valve, and sometimes they also have a dilatation of the aortic root what would be your current recommendation to uh, you know go for surgery with at which diameter of the aortic root? Would you say, well, it's better to have surgery plus do something about the aortic root? Is there a cutoff point?
1: I don't know if I have a cutoff point necessarily for the diameter, but I would say that for the younger patients with the bicuspid um, valves, I think I'm still seeing a preference for surgery in those patients. The other thing I was going to bring out is I think we have a little a different understanding between what the patient would like and what the medical recommendation would like. And that's another challenge that we have for some of these patients, whether they want to have surgery versus TAVR, even though the data may support one or the other more convincingly. What percentage of patients would you say comes to you
0: already has made their choice or at least have read information on the internet about TAVR
1: versus SAVR? I think majority of the patients come with an impression of what they would like, and it's our role as a physician to educate them and to guide them in what may be more appropriate for them.
3: Right.
0: Is it the same in Minnesota, uh,
3: Juan? That you already have read information about it? Yes. In our institution, everybody who needs a or, or almost everybody who needs an a, an isolated AVR, they get into the into the Tower Clinic, regardless of what the age is. And then the the Tower Clinic is is a multidisciplinary clinic where we have surgeons and interventional cardiologists. And it's not unusual that of all the patients that we see, I mean, 10 or, or, or 12 patients that we see in, a, in an afternoon in the tower clinic, between half or 20%, they end up having surgery for whatever reason, either because they are too young, their risk is low, or they need a mechanical valve, or they need bypass surgery, or they have a other valvular disease, or a, a dilated ascending or, or a bicuspid valve. So,
0: Yeah. Do you have a specific diameter, um, you know, which of the aortic route that you would say, well, you should undergo surgery. There's no way that you will get a tower from me.
3: Normally use the the same threshold as the as for concomitant replacement of the ascending aorta for surgery. So if, if the aorta is 45 millimeters or larger and the patient has a reasonable life expectancy, then it's reasonable to proceed with surgery. But if you have a 90 years old who has 46 millimeter ascending aorta, which has proceed with tower. But if you are 50 and your aorta is 46, probably, I mean, we probably definitely would recommend surgery and then for and then if the order is even larger of course and the patient has a reasonable surgical risk we'll proceed with surgery
0: okay right yeah so Catherine, you, you already mentioned also the ROS operation. What is your recommendation for ROS operation? Uh, which which patient cohort?
2: Obviously the younger patient cohort. The guidelines say less than 50. It's a 2B recommendation. I go a little higher. We have some data that shows good outcomes up to 60, 65. Depends on their life expectancy. Um, I mean, I definitely offer mechanical valve versus tissue valve versus ROS and, and just walk through the patient with, with what they get. The ROS does have some of the early failures were in bicuspid patients, so that's kind of a you know, with the Neo AI. Um, So we do a lot of supported Rosses now to try to prevent that. The pulmonary artery is also diseased in bicuspid valve uh, disease. So when you move it over they're they're prone to get um, aneurysms and um, AI. So I don't shy away from doing it in bicuspids, but I do support those patients. Thank
0: you for listening. Be sure to subscribe at medtronic.com slash cardiac exchange to hear the next portion of this conversation and to find additional podcast content.